0: we need to make this easy for them, not only
1: because they don't have the time and and they are looking in one day at a time, how to survive and how to generate and bring the money to the table, but at the same time, right, we need to make sure these guys will reap the benefits of being a sustainable company in terms of reputation, in terms of good communication strategies that comes from being socially responsible or environmentally friendly but also you have the information to support
0: that hi everyone and welcome to this week's strength in the numbers they've just heard from this week's guest mentor colin banning and colin who although he started in finance has gained experience in business development outsourcing transition transformation across a number of blue chips coca-cola enterprises cap gemini xerox and is currently working with the united nations conference on trade and development which is really where we kick our conversation off. You know, We go through his work with the United Nations, particularly around how we can facilitate better adoption of corporate reporting and culture, specifically with regards to ESG, so environmental, societal and governmental objectives, as well as these SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, you might have heard of. Uh, we then focus in predominantly what we find in a lot of our economies are the SMEs, who might actually think having a focus on sustainability might be expensive or or difficult and how to help them along that journey, which we can also bring into our enterprise and corporate finance worlds too. And we then spend a lot of time discussing the importance of cross-functional collaboration, how we can go beyond the spreadsheet and what that means for the triple bottom line, also the title of this podcast. So look, hope you really enjoy this episode. If you do, you can find out more about Colin in the show notes, as well as key resources he mentioned, key quotes, and also in an archive of all the other podcasts we've done to date. And of course, we always appreciate when you recommend the show to your friends and colleagues. We're on all the major platforms. You can subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and we're also on Amazon Music now. So look, that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Colin and the show. Colin, welcome to the show.
1: Andrew, nice being here. Thank you for having me.
0: It's it's our pleasure. And what's even better is a, a previous guest mentor on the show recommended I go interview you. And so that means maybe some of our audience might not be necessarily as familiar with your background. So before we get into the main interview, would you mind maybe sharing a bit about your journey and your career with our audience, please?
1: Sure, absolutely. I'm currently a national consultant in Guatemala for the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. The, the acronym is UNCTAD, right? But I'm- The CEO for my own consulting firm is DGV Consulting here in Guatemala. We're a regional firm for business development service from corporate law, labor strategy, sustainability reporting. We try to be a one-stop shop for for this matter, right? When it comes to finance and accounting, I started maybe 12 years ago with Coca-Cola Enterprises. I was in charge of the corporate collections and deduction management team. A lot of surveys, Oxley audits as well. I was an auditor for the team here in Guatemala. But right now, my role in the UM is, is really primarily assessing what's the country's corporate reporting capabilities, what's the legislation, the capacity development opportunities, as well as how to incorporate this environmental, social, and governance information, the ESG information, sustainability, and SDG information into this reporting culture, right? So the UN has come up with a lot of tools, and my work is really to help them out, uh, figuring out how to use those tools and how to incorporate the reporting and helping obviously facilitate the adoption for key stakeholders, right? So I've been in finance and accounting
0: fairly for the last 12 years now, and it's
1: been an amazing journey.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Colin. I think that resonated with a lot of our audience. It's a, we're very lucky to work in such a great part of organizations. And also I think we can do a lot there for society. So the fact of your work with the UN, trying to understand, adapt and improve the corporate reporting culture and capabilities seems really exciting. So in terms of that work you're doing with the UN on that, where do you start facilitating the better adoption of corporate reporting and culture?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think we, we first need to understand where we're standing, right? In, in some terms, sustainability in a country like Guatemala, that's The majority of the companies here are family-owned businesses, number one, and most of them are SMEs. Mm -hmm. They're really living one day at a time looking to be profitable, but are not necessarily looking for the impact their operation have on the environment and their communities, right? So when I got involved with the UN, this is really what resonated with me is the fact that our consulting experience and the previous work experience I had in Coca-Cola. I also worked for Xerox corporations for about eight years on reporting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It really helped them out figuring out what are the best practices that SME needs to take into their business model, how to revamp their cost structure, how to revamp their business model, how to revamp their go-to-market strategy in terms of, yes, I need to be profitable, but at the same time, I cannot be profitable at the expense of the environment that provides me a lot of the raw material I use in my business or with the communities and the society that will be either my providers, my vendors, my clients, right? Mm -hmm. So we came up with the guide core indicators, which is a tool developed by the United Nations that will help those business owners understand from a financial perspective, taking P&Ls, headcount reportings, environmental impact studies, how to really measure your company's performance around those other areas that are less sexy for a better <laughs> lack of <laughs> yes. prior, evaluating the business opportunities, right? So-
0: yeah, See, that's interesting because my- you used the word opportunities there. Colin, I think when people think of this reporting and even extra reporting obligation or whatever, they just think cost. You know, that's more work, that's more to do. But I suppose what gets lost in this is the importance of the sustainable development agenda, the fact that we need to be aware of our environment, societal objectives, governmental objectives, so this ESG piece as well. I get a sense there's a movement that a lot of corporates, global corporates are getting it, But when you mentioned SMEs, and that's the start point, how how do you get people who are living day to day and businesses moving day to day, hands and mouth, as we say, how how do you get them to engage in the process?
1: Well, it's really a whole change management process. And I'll give you an example. My own business partner, he, he has a restaurant chain here and he has maybe 14 different restaurants he's still considered an SME, right? And he goes, you know what? Being sustainable is really nice, but it's too expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so if I need to get a profit margin, then most likely if I use sustainable materials, I'm not going to hit those targets. And I'm still a company that's less than five years old, right? So I'm, I'm on that point of... I pass break even, but I really need to thrive and stabilize. I, 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 and we did that the exercise with him. And I was like, well, you already had a PL, you already had a ledger, and you already have to do a workforce reporting because it's a regulation, you have to do it anyway. So let's start with that, right? What are you doing around employee training? What are you doing around occupational health and safety? Uh, Okay, let's figure that out. And we did the exercise with him, and it was really interesting because obviously he was not doing a a full high-quality reporting, but he was halfway gone without knowing it, right? Uh So about the fatigue, about, oh, this is another framework, this is another report, and there is a lot of reporting fatigue around this. We need to make this easy for them, not only because they don't have the time and, and they are looking in one day at a time how to survive and how to generate and bring the money to the table. But at the same time, right, we need to make sure these guys will rip the benefits of being, you know, a sustainable company in terms of reputation, in terms of good communication strategies that comes from being socially responsible or environmentally friendly, but also you have the information to support that. So, uh, Once you start socializing and creating the awareness to the small and medium sized company, right? Yes, you have to bring the money to the table, but there's other options and there are other benefits about being sustainable, right? So Mm -hmm. it will go up, you will have more clients, you can have more assets for your marketing strategy, and you have to appeal to a younger and maybe more responsible audience, right? That is willing and is already looking for these type of businesses. It's, it's good business because you're doing the right thing. On top of that, you're integrating this into the business model because then, we already use this information or we use information you're already producing. So we don't have to hit you with extra work or on the corporate reporting side We're gonna take all the information from actual stuff you're already doing, right? And we'll produce these different set of reports with the same information that will open your eyes in terms of what's your waste management strategy? You're a food company, right? Uh, Are you using uh, or are you recycling water? And what are the savings on the water recycling process, right? That you're bringing to the company that will net the extra cost, for example, on sustainable packaging, mm-hmm. and start doing that in deep assessment. Right.
0: This is uh, what you're describing there, Colin. Is is this would be fantastic for accountants and finance professionals to get into, and if they were given a mm-hmm. mandate to report on this as well, even better. I'm yeah. just coming back to the case you mentioned, the story you mentioned, where your business partner said, "Oh, but sustainability is expensive." Why is there that? You know, I just see opportunity here. I see you saving on uh, the waste of one process could be the input for another process type of thing, and mm-hmm. therefore, net, it's actually better for the P and L and the sustainability of the business and the environment and so on. But why do so many people just immediately jump? Think, oh my God, this is expensive. Therefore, we should be doing other things. Why? Why do people think? I it's think expensive? it's a lack of
1: understanding. I think it's mm-hmm. really the lack of understanding on how can they. Improve their own processes with best practices. You just hit it uh, a little while ago, right, Andrew? When you said, "Well, the, the waste in this process is an input for another one," and you obviously will start a cycle, right? It may be a cycle, weather, yeah. Yeah. economy or recycling. But I think is is the lack of understanding from the business owner, right, based on the fact that they know well sustainable packaging is way too expensive and I don't want to hit this extra cost but I think then it's, it's the accounting and the finance professional work to help them figure out okay this is the information and and these are the opportunities right yeah. so and he's going to be able not only to build awareness on the topic right and why it is important for us to do this in the long term but also he will get the basic understanding from the data and take informed decisions based on that. Because I think the really first impression is this is too expensive, this is too difficult.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, I think it's, it's, they don't that's know it. how to do it. That's it. I think yeah. if that expensive is just substitute for this is too difficult. Oh, and I don't know. And I've got a thousand and one other things to go focus on to survive. Um, and you're talking to yeah. me about sustainability, which is not even on my agenda, particularly if I'm growing a business. It just I have to say, it does reflect poorly on accountants traditionally and finance professionals if business owners are thinking these things are expensive because it means there's blind spots in the data because there's, there's two ways of looking at things. One, you can solve problems with the information you have, or you can go mm-hmm. and exploit opportunities. They're completely yes. different mindsets. I think one is probably more the cost waste management mindset that represents traditional finance and accounting and the other one is probably more where the future's going which is exploiting opportunities using uh, non-financial sources of information and uh, modeling those in understanding the financial implications downstream and this comes as end-to-end view so so i just see i just see loads of growth opportunities of finance to really get behind this esg agenda and sustainable development of business which is good for the business and also society let's not forget one of the obligations of accountants is to ensure businesses are going concern and that becomes with sustainability right and and i think i love your expression we were having a chat off air colin and i think you said it's really about us going beyond the spreadsheet that's a lovely expression what sort of things could we be doing to exploit those opportunities to go beyond the spreadsheet
1: I I think it's a responsibility for all to understand what are the basic processes that our organization carries on, right? So going beyond the spreadsheet in the sense that what's the ultimate impact on my organization, right, in my community, on the environment financially, right? Because I I was mentioning the domino effect that this may have on this triple bottom line, right? So as the company scales, because we do have a winner strategy and we're being financially profitable, we have the best cost structure, we're budgeting everything, and we're doing really good, right? And shareholders are happy. Then the company starts to scale, right? Mm, remember a a quote from one of my professors at MIT, right? That he says, well, yes, your company may be scaling, but as the company scales and the animal goes out of control, (laughs) uh, are you gonna manage that beyond the spreadsheet, right? And what will be the environmental impact you're creating? Does that going to create a reputational risk for your company because you're not being environmentally responsible as you scale, right? Or on the other side, are you damaging the community? Does your supply chain is violating enterprise human rights based on your how you're getting your raw materials from? All that stuff that you have to start going beyond the spreadsheet. So you said it very well, Andrew. It's really our job to make sure that. Information comes and flows and we produce something that, our senior leadership may take informed decisions with, but at the same time, understand all the bits and pieces that tell the story behind that, st- the spreadsheet that's and, amazing. and figure out the opportunity
0: And and that's, and like. If if I'm gonna say it again, because we can't say enough, being being in finance and accounting, we've got this these great assets. We've got great visibility across those end to end pieces of the the process of the business. We've access to data, access to decision makers. We've got the training to translate all that into the financial impacts as well. And but I think the key to unlocking that all, though, Colin, again, I think you said this as well to me, which was it's really understanding the ultimate use of the information, understanding. What opportunity or what outcome can we drive from this? Why is it important to the stakeholders? Why would they want to listen to it? And then addressing it in their language and stuff that they can make actionable. I think someone said to me, I think it was another guest mentor, Jesper, said that information is just essentially data, but insight is actually actionable information. You can actually do something with the information. You can take an action. And it's really about getting beyond the spreadsheet to those insights that deliver beneficial outcomes to the business and yes, if they touch on sustainability, awesome. And, yeah. and to build on that,
1: I, I believe it goes beyond that strategic insight to what you just said about the ability to make informed decisions based on this factual data, right? So, mm-hmm. as I'm a consultant, I was able to see things from an outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. Strategic insights may help the clients overcome that those those challenges about how to improve their cost structure, how to improve their budgets, their KPIs, and 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 obviously the change management process around bringing everyone together in the organization to the same page and act on those insights. And, and that's that ultimate use of the information you said, right? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to act? So that way when next year, when we repeat the exercise, we will see before yeah. and after your report.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. That, that's a great way of summarizing it there, Colin. And I suppose before we, switch it up a few gears i did want to get your thoughts on given that outside in perspective that you're building you're gaining and you've acquired over the years are there any other areas you feel that we could be doing better in accounting and finance to improve upon the value or or the support we can have around these better reporting cultures and capabilities
1: it's becoming a trend right now and i'm pretty sure a lot of the audience here may experience this every day but it's the fact that the, the the cross-functional teams are now becoming some right on the pandemic right because mm-hmm. a lot of were going to work from home and these online tools brought us together but we kept this culture on putting together these cross-functional teams that will bring different perspectives to the table and and, and this resonates with an exercise we did with xerox maybe ooh, six years ago and we were doing the strategic planning for a year and it was really the first time in maybe 25 years that Xerox made this exercise and they brought together everyone all the leadership positions in the company to a hotel in Dallas, Texas for a week and we have the sales directors, VPs of sales, VPs of operations, directors of operations, account managers, and all the support services teams as well, right? And I remember we had an exercise, when we have to, it was a great networking exercise, mm-hmm. but pretty much matches in teams, right? One guy needs to be a guy from finance, another guy needs to be a guy from sales, another guy needs to be a guy from operations, and another guy needs to be a guy from the shared services team, right? right. And we came along this role-playing exercise when everyone was resolving that exercise at the best of their abilities from their own perspective, right? Sure. And it really helps us understand what are the other points of view and to my point on what are you going to do with the information you're producing, right? So I think it's really important for the finance and accounting professional to proactively look for those exposure opportunities, right? Trying to go ahead and sit down next to the sales guy and ask them, does the information that we produce helps you, right? How can we improve it? Why do you need this information for? Same thing with the ops guy, same thing with the logistics guy, for example, on supply chain. So it will give us a broader understanding on the impact on the work that we're doing And we'll loop you into a continuous improvement virtual cycle, if you want to call it that way, right? So I think going beyond the spreadsheet also applies in this side of the house. And and the audience listening to the podcast may relate to this because the value of the cross-functional team on these type of exercises going beyond the spreadsheet is is, is what really adds the value to the work that you're bringing to the table.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. Colin, it's those exposure opportunities and answering the questions. In the old days, we used to say coming out from behind our desks, but in these more virtual environments now, it's probably sitting at our desks and looking for those exposure opportunities with other parts of Absolutely. our organizations. Yeah. yeah, no,
1: yes. and especially if you have business models that are based on portfolio
0: management. Yes, Yeah, portfolio management. Yes. Functional
1: teams. And our controller was our key player. Every time we were negotiating a deal with the commercial team, and then I was an ops guy, right? So we want to make sure that the the, the, the guy from the sales team was not over promising and then we were not able to <laughs> properly because the deal was
0: profitable. <laughs>
1: and then this is how you blend the controller and the accountant role into the operation and the cost on the day to day while the other guy is promising the heaven to the client, right? So we need to that everyone works together. Yeah,
0: yeah exa- exactly. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and I think that becomes much easier if you've done the groundwork as well, taking the time to understand where other people are coming from. So yes. you've got that bit of relationship, bit of rapport, and familiarity. And I think we're not going to be able to jump on a plane for a lot of us anytime soon so now it's just time to get used to having those virtual chats coffees whatever you want to call it get to understand mm-hmm. a, ahead of those key events which will come up so that's uh some some great advice there colin so thanks thank you very much for sharing all of that i am curious though what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received oh
1: man well i'll tell you something i will never forget a mentor of mine and That's probably 12 years ago when I just started on this journey. And and he said, the the only time that we stop learning is when we're six feet under. (laughs) We're really a firm believer that, you know, their professional development leads to professional development. I'm sorry, personal development professional development. And, And if you take the time to work on yourself and read at least 15 minutes a day about the topics that can relate to what you're doing... Or at least every quarter just unplug yourself and, and and go reflect on how was your last quarter and what can we do better on the next quarter and, and, and then just socialize that with your, with your teammates, right? I think it's is really something that creates a good culture and creates a good working vibe and help us challenge each other, each other to constantly improve, right? So yep. I think this continuous learning opportunities and, and use those 15 minutes a day to read something that will build you up, that will add some more skills. We started doing that in Xerox and it helps us tremendously. Not only yeah. because we have a lot of stuff to talk and discuss and refine the ideas right because this same mentor just told me when he mentioned that we stop learning when we're six feet under is that the only way to refine an idea is through a debate so you don't have to agree with me but at least you have the information and you bring your own perspective to it so i think that's the best piece of advice stay hunger for learning and for
0: knowledge what a great bit of advice to have (laughs) <laughs> it's. I, I just hope it came at a time where you understood it straight away, because I know I've been giving great advice over the years, but I suppose it, it it resonates with people at different parts of their journey, but that one certainly, I know resonate resonates with some of our audience, Colin. And, um, and then I suppose in terms of resources, so to embark further along that journey of learning, is are there any sort of resources that you might recommend our audience go check out?
1: Well, in, it really depends on where... And what are you interested in? I'll give you an example. If you're really looking, we were talking about sustainable development and and how to incorporate this into the business model at the beginning of the podcast. The UN has this SDG Wikipedia, right? And it will give you an operational definition on the objective there are 17 objectives or employment generation, gender equality, waste management, water usage, and so on, right? So we'll give you the operational definition on each of one of them because then you have a clear understanding on your business operations will impact these many SDGs and then it will give you information on what's the indicator that you can use to measure the success for this particular SDG. So the UN has a lot of resources, you can download the guides, you can download the books, and but also libraries, right? Mm-hmm. And there are libraries. Uh, I personally like to stay, as you say, hunger for knowledge. Just look for those books, man. You, I, I will not give you any other research <laughs> because I think a, a good man's library will talk a lot about himself. <laughs> Well, maybe just go look for the information, but I think you can find a lot of stuff online with the UN and, yeah. and their Global Reporting Initiative, the GRI. They have a lot of other good information. They have the manuals, the handbooks, implementation guides, the World Business Council on Sustainable Development. These guys will provide practical implementation guides for CEOs and upper management. So you want to look into those as well. Because it's really helped you understand from a business perspective how to tackle this from a practical implementation standpoint. So I love those guys there. That will be a good resource as well.
0: That's actually it. Yeah, I'm glad you called us. We'll take out the links for those and put them into the show notes because I know I've looked into them myself. Like These things weren't they existed a few years ago. So there are very practical guides out there. The help with implementation particularly towards the SDGs as well uh, the sustainable yes. development goals so i encourage our audience to go check those out or if you give us a few moments we'll put them into the show notes you just click on the link it'll take you straight there so so colin thank you for those recommendations and should our audience wish to continue the conversation where's the best place to connect with you at
1: oh, well yeah you guys can drop me a line i have my two emails right Banning at or you can send me an email straight to my UN email, colin.bettin at un.org. Awesome.
0: And we'll throw those into the show notes as well. And Colin, as we always do on the show, just want to sort of thank you for investing your time with us and sharing such great insights. We covered so many different things there. I love the, this idea of the triple bottom line going beyond the spreadsheets. And also there's external perspective, outside-in perspectives you have to share with us. But before we we wrap up, would you have any other parting thoughts you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Well, um, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me. It's been a great opportunity for us to share this experience with you and and with the audience. So I think it's all something about that, right? To stay hungry, try to look up for these collaboration opportunities and Try to build that report with your teams for them to understand what's their own impact on the operation and the environment and the society as well. So I think there will be no business opportunities in the next 15, 20 years. If we don't dramatically change the way that we do business today. So uh, that will be my closing statement.
0: <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Hey, thank you, Colin, for coming on the show, being a great guest mentor.
1: I appreciate it too. Thank you for having me.
0: So there you have it